0: Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of Ezra, and we're in chapter 4. This chapter is entitled, Opposition to the Rebuilding. So this picks up, when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said, Let us help you build, because like you, God, And have been sacrificing to him since the time of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. Now, of course, this is inaccurate information, and their offer to help was actually uh, going to be to hinder instead. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, You have no part with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They hired counselors to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So this opposition during Cyrus's reign was from 536 to 530. BC. Now at 530 BC actually work on the temple stopped. So let's pick up now in verse 6. At the beginning of the reign of Xerxes, they lodged an accusation against the people of Judah and Jerusalem. We will find out more about King Xerxes in the book of Esther. It says also in the days of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Bishlam, Mithridoth, Tabeel, and the rest of his associates wrote a letter to Artaxerxes. The letter was written in Aramaic script and in the Aramaic language. Rehum, the commanding officer, and Shimshay, the secretary, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes, the king, as follows. And this is the actual letter. Again, it's indented. Rahim, the commanding officer, and Shimshai, the secretary, together with the rest of their associates, the judges, and several other men that are listed, say this is a copy of the letter to King Artaxerxes, from your servants, the men of the trans-Euphrates. The king should know that the Jews who came up to us from you have gone to Jerusalem and are rebuilding that rebellious and wicked city. They are restoring the walls and repairing the foundations. Furthermore, The king should know that if this city is built and its walls are restored, no more taxes, tribute, or duty will be paid, and the royal revenues will suffer. So they're basically suggesting that this is going to cost them financially, which is the best way to get something shut down. Now, since we are under obligation to the palace, and it is not proper for us to see the king dishonored, we are sending this message to inform the king, so that a search may be made in the archives of your predecessors. In these records, you will find that this city is a rebellious city, troublesome to kings and provinces, a place of rebellion from ancient times. This is why this city was destroyed. We inform the king that if this city is built and its walls restored, you will be left with nothing in Trans Euphrates. And the king sent this reply to Rahum, the commanding officer, and he lists the men that it's written to Greetings. The letter you sent us has been read and translated in my presence. I issued an order, and a search was made, and it was found that this city has a long history of revolt against kings and has been a place of rebellion and sedition. Jerusalem has had powerful kings ruling over the whole trans-Euphrates, and taxes, tribute, and duty were paid to them. Now issue an order to these men to stop work, so that this city will not be rebuilt until I so order. Be careful not to neglect this matter why let this threat grow to the detriment of the royal interests? As soon as the copy of the letter of King Artaxerxes was read to Rahim and Shimshai, the secretary and their associates, they went immediately to the Jews in Jerusalem and compelled them by force to stop. As thus the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia, So that means that it was shut down from 530 to 520 BC. Now picking up in chapter 5, it says now Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet, both books that we will be reading shortly, both minor prophets, a descendant of Ido, that's Zechariah, the descendant of Ido, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God, the God of Israel, who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, son of Jehozadak, set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. At that time, Tatnai, governor of Trans-Euphrates, and Shethar-Bozani, again forgive my mispronunciation of these men's names, their associates went to them and asked, Who authorized you to rebuild this temple and restore this structure? They also asked, what are the names of the men constructing the building? But the eye of their God was watching over the elders of the Jews, and they were not stopped until a report could go to Darius and his written reply be received. This is a copy of the letter that the governor sent. Here it is indented again to King Darius. Cordial greetings, the king should know. That we went to the district of Judah to the temple of the great God. The people are rebuilding it with large stones and placing the timbers in the walls. The work is being carried on with diligence and is making rapid progress under their direction. We questioned the elders and asked them, Who authorized you to rebuild this and restore this structure? We also asked them their names so that we could write down the names of their leaders for your information. This is the answer they gave us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, one that a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our fathers angered the God of heaven, he handed them over to Nebuchadnezzar the Chaldean, king of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God he even removed from the temple of babylon the gold and silver articles of the house of god which nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in jerusalem and brought to the temple in babylon then king cyrus gave them to a man named sheshbazar whom he had appointed governor and he told him take these articles and go and deposit them in the temple in jerusalem and rebuild the house of god on its site so this sheshbazar came and laid the foundations of the house of god in jerusalem from that day to the present it has been under construction but is not yet finished now if it pleases the king let a search be made in the royal archives of babylon to see if king cyrus did in fact issue a decree to rebuild this house of god in jerusalem then let the king send us his decision in this matter And then the decree of Darius, this is the title of chapter 6, so his response. King Darius then issued an order, and they searched in the archives stored in the treasury at Babylon. A scroll was found in the citadel of Ecbatana in the province of Media, and this is what was written on it. Memorandum. In the first year of King Cyrus, the king issued a decree concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem. Let the temple be rebuilt as a place to present sacrifices and let its foundations be laid. It is to be 90 feet high and 90 feet wide, with three courses of large stones and one of timbers. The costs are to be paid by the royal treasury. Also, the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon, are to be returned to their places in the temple in Jerusalem. They are to be deposited into the house of God. Now then, Tatnai, governor of Trans-Euphrates and Shethar-Bazani and you, their fellow officials of that province, stay away from there. Do not interfere with the work on this temple of God. Let the governor of the Jews and the Jewish elders rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I hereby decree what you are to do for these elders of the Jews in construction of this house of God, the expenses of these men are to be fully paid out of the royal treasury from the revenues of trans-Euphrates, so that the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, male lambs for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, and wheat and salt, wine and oil, as requested by the priests in Jerusalem, must be given to them daily without fail, so that they may offer sacrifices pleasing to the God of heaven, and pray for the well-being of the king and his sons. Furthermore, I decree that if anyone changes this edict, a beam is to be pulled from his house, and he is to be lifted up and impaled on it. And for this crime, his house is to be made a pile of rubble. May God, who has caused his name to dwell there, overthrow any king or people who lifts a hand to change this decree to destroy this temple in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have decreed it. Let it be carried out with diligence. So clearly, not only does Darius find that this is the decree that was issued by Cyrus, he confirms it and he encourages it, and he also creates a consequence for anyone who opposes it. A consequence so dire as to have a beam pulled from his house. And have the man lifted up and impaled upon it, and then his house turned to a pile of rubble. Clearly, he believes the word of God that was spoken. So then picking up in verse 13, this portion is entitled, Completion and Dedication of the Temple. Now, this completion happened in 516 BC. So it says, then because of the decree King Darius had sent, that therefore... The elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah, a descendant of Ido. They finished building the temple according to the command of the God of Israel and the decree of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. For the dedication of this house of God, they offered a hundred bulls, two hundred rams, four hundred male lambs, and as a sin offering for all Israel, twelve male goats, one for each of the tribes of Israel. They installed the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their groups for the service of God at Jerusalem, according to what is written in the book of Moses. Then to end chapter 6, they celebrate the Passover. Picking up in verse 19, on the 14th day of the first month, the exiles celebrated the Passover. And this would have been around April 21st, 516 B.C. It says the priests and Levites had purified themselves and were all ceremonially clean. The Levites slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the exiles, for their brothers, the priests, and for themselves. So the Israelites who had returned from the exile ate it, together with all who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek the Lord, the God of Israel. For seven days they celebrated with joy the Feast of Unleavened Bread." Because the Lord had filled them with joy by changing the attitude of the king of Assyria so that he assisted them in the work on the house of God, the God of Israel. And that ends chapter 6, and we will pick up next time in Ezra chapter 7.